Hey guys, welcome to the show. This is Coffee, Conversation, and Coaching. I'm your host, Christian speaker and life coach, Rebecca Ann Perkins. Here, we do a little bit of Bible study, a little bit of Christian life coaching, and have some conversations about topics that really matter. Think of this as your place every week to just get discipled and to grow and know that the teaching that you're receiving is rooted in biblical truth. Ready to cut through all the self-help noise and all the quick fixes that really just waste our time? Good. Me too. <laughs> Let's get growing for your good, God's glory, and so that we can shine our light to a world that really needs it. Friends, happy Monday. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is going to be a little different than some. I'm just going to do a quick Bible study with you guys. <laughs> If you guys are anything like me, you do struggle to read the Bible and just let it teach you. I often am looking for things because I'm preparing for a talk or I'm looking for something specific for my own need that day. You know, God, how, how am I supposed to handle this situation? Or what does your truth say about this situation or... I feel anxious about something. What is, you know what I mean? Like we usually open the Bible because we have a need and we're trying to get that specific need met with some kind of healing word. Now, if you're engaging in Bible studies, like in a group, yeah, we you're, you're probably somewhat familiar with, okay, we're going to go through the whole book of Philippians and we're just going to let Philippians teach us, which is wonderful and beautiful. If you guys listened to the episode, A Conversation About the Bible, I was talking with my guest about the fact that women aren't very good at or, or we don't often just study the Bible for ourselves, just open the Bible, the perfect word of God, and just read it and let it inform us. Just let it teach us. We don't often do that. I, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't feel productive or effective or something like that, but here's what I want to encourage you guys to do. Find a story in the Old Testament or the New Testament and start to read it and reread it and pray about it and ask God to teach you things about him or yourself or people or sin or Satan or how the world works. Don't have an agenda. Okay. Just open the Bible, read a story and let it teach you. I'm going to read with you guys today from Luke 24, the story of when Jesus appeared after his resurrection to two people on the road to Emmaus. And I've been reading this story over and over for probably the last three weeks. There was a sermon preached on our church about it. And then we talked about it in small group and in church and in small group. And then in my own reading time, I just kept, the Lord kept revealing to me so many things. And I even used it in my, when I was at a retreat teaching two weekends ago now. It's packed. It's just this story that, again, I had no agenda when I started reading it, and yet it's packed with these things that feed my soul. So I'm going to read it to you guys, and I'm going to show you the things that God has taught me. There's many. They're on a variety of topics, but they're truth, and they're rich. So let's dive in. Luke 24, verse 13. 
That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about these things that had happened. Now, this is after Jesus had been crucified on the cross. Okay. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleophas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened to you in, this, in these last days? You know, he's, he's looking at Jesus like, Hello, you're asking us why we're sad or what we're talking about? Don't you know that the supposed king of the Jews, the one that we all thought was the Messiah, just died? Verse 19. And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and his people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some of the women of our company amazed us, they were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So they're recounting to Jesus like, uh, <laughs> this good man, our our prophet, mighty in word and deed, was killed. And on top of that, he's not in the grave. Uh, some of the women say that he's alive, but we haven't seen him, even though Jesus is standing right in front of them. And they're just recounting all this to Jesus. What a fascinating exchange. And he said to them, Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? In the beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he interpreted, I'm sorry, and beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he interpreted to them in all of scripture, the things concerning himself. So basically he gave them a Bible study. He was like, okay, you guys are slow to see and understand what's going on here. So let me recount it for you. And as they walked those seven miles, Jesus re-explained scripture to them. So they drew near the village to which they were going, and he acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us, for it is towards evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them and their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while we talked and walked on the road while he opened to us the scriptures and they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11 and those who were with them and gathered them together saying, the Lord has risen indeed. And has appeared to Simon. Then they told what happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Okay. 
the first thing that God revealed to me as I was reading this story is the reason I think the reason that they could not see that it was Jesus walking with them is because they had a plan for who they thought Jesus was and how they thought Jesus was going to sort of save the day, right? I mean, in their minds, the Messiah was going to be a political king who lived on this planet and um, set them free from Roman oppression. So they believed, the Jewish people, that that, you know, God is going to send us a savior who's going to be a mighty king and a warrior, and we're not going to have to be in enemy-occupied territory anymore. We're going to go set up our own kingdom here on this earth, and we're going to go be a free people here on this earth again, and oh, we can't wait for that day. Even though the Old Testament scriptures made it pretty clear that that's not what was going to happen. And even though Jesus himself had told his disciples, you know, here on earth, that that's not what was going to happen, they still had in their head, this is how God is supposed to fix our situation. The same goes for us, ladies. If we have it in our head that God is supposed to fix our situation one way, we will miss seeing him in our situation. If we believe that God can only be good if he brings me a husband, if he undoes that divorce I went through, God is only good if he heals me right now or heals this person in my family then we will miss the actual power and movement and presence of God because we are putting him in a box. Okay. These people had put God and how God was supposed to help them in a box, even though he had literally just died for their sins and, and provided a way to set them free spiritually and given them an eternal home in heaven. They hadn't been able to put all those pieces together yet because they were focused on one way and one thing. Now, Jesus in his loving kindness re-explained it to them, right? He's like, okay, oh, you guys are so slow of heart to believe all that what the scriptures have said. Basically, he said, you're cherry picking. (laughs) You're just believing parts of scripture or parts of what you think make God, God, or parts of what you think makes Jesus, Jesus, or parts of what you think are good. And he says, oh, slow at heart to believe all the things that have been said Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things to enter his glory? And then beginning with Moses. So in the beginning of the word, the Bible and all the prophets, he interpreted to them scripture. So this is what God does for us in our life. When we hit these moments where we're like, "Um, excuse me, where are you? In fact, not only where are you, but hope is dead because who we thought you were And how we thought you were going to come through for us literally died three days ago. Like our hope is dead. Our God draws near to us and re-explains deeper truth to us when we need it. Okay. When, when we're so lost and so confused that we're just walking around, wandering around, talking with friends having lost all hope, God himself will come say, let me show you something more real, more true, more robust than what you previously understood. 
Now, the next thing that God pointed out to me in this passage that I absolutely love is this dance of how Jesus pursued them and then they pursued him. So different topic now, like that was point one, totally different insight. Point two, have you guys ever heard the, I'm sure you have, many of you have heard the debate about predestination or election. So like, how do people get saved? Does God choose them or do they choose God? Do people, can people resist God? Um, are we at, if God calls us and gives us the gift of faith, is that our doing at all? I mean, this has kind of like been a debate throughout all of humanity and Christianity. Do we reject God? Does God reject us? Like how does the actual drawing and salvation work? So God kind of like whispered over my heart, this is how it works, Rebecca. God himself will draw near to people and start to move in their hearts and start to open their eyes. God himself initiates through his word, through church, through other people, through trials, through suffering. God initiates with us because he is God and he loves us that much. But there comes a moment when we have to invite him in. So the, these people's hearts were stirred and open and sensitive so that when they got back to the village, it says here in verse 28, Jesus acted as if he was going to keep going. But they said, stay with us. And they invited him in. And then when they invited him in and they broke bread together, then Jesus revealed himself to them. So it's both. I mean, how do people get saved? It's it's both. God pursues and we have to invite him in. I think that's that's pretty clear here. Now, the third thing that I've been seeing in this passage that I love so much is did not our hearts burn within us while we talked on the road? You know, sometimes we like, no, a lot of times we like general kind of inspirational teaching and self-help and things that feed our flesh. But don't we all know, like, haven't you guys had those moments in your life when your soul burns within you because you know your spirit, your created spirit that was created to testify, to make much of, to acknowledge our creator, it knows when it's encountering God. It knows when it's encountering the truest truth, something that just is. And I want to encourage you guys to go with that feeling. Like this is not sin. This is not flesh. This is, these are those moments when you feel like God speaks to you in a sermon or God speaks to you in the word and your soul can really has really burned within you, okay? God does speak to us like that. He he absolutely does through the power of the Holy Spirit come up alongside us and speak to us through a song, through a sermon, through the whatever. But when you feel that real stirring in your soul, don't question it, okay? When God says, "Yes, I love you. Yes, you're forgiven." I want you to be a speaker. Yes, you are going to have a child someday. 
Um, yes, hold on to this specific promise. Don't question it. Don't, don't go back and wonder if you were just talking to yourself. Okay. Ask God to speak to you. And then when your spirit and your soul burns inside of you, claim it, claim it, live as if it's true, live as if it's done, live as if it's yours, because if God said it to you, it is. And then lastly, and pretty simply, go tell people what God has done in your life. <laughs> that, that might seem obvious, but, you know, after they had this encounter with Jesus and they realized who it was and all that it meant, they immediately went back. So they had just walked seven miles and it says that same hour. So they, they sat with Jesus, broke bread with him, realized it was him. He disappeared and they immediately went back and told everybody. Um, I just want to encourage you guys, like in this day and age, uh, the information that's being shared out there and, and the access that we have to getting information out, what if all of us just started telling everybody what he did, this, the small prayers that he answered, the things that he taught us in the word that morning, the person we've been praying for who finally came to church. I mean, what if we all just started sharing more often how we've encountered Jesus and what Jesus has done? He really wants us to do that. It's really important. It's really critical. It's not, and it's not for show. It's to make much of and, and to let other people know he's out here. He's out there. He does he is who he says he is. He can do what he says he can do because the other people need the encouragement. The other people are, are still back there thinking that, that he's dead or, or they don't know for sure if he's raised from the dead. And, and God gave them the encounter, the truth, the experience that they were able to go back and encourage those people. So that's the simple story that I'm loving lately. Here in Luke chapter 24 is the story of the road to Emmaus. And those are the things that as I've read this story, the word has just been teaching me. The Holy Spirit has just been teaching me. God has been showing me. And I bet every time I read this, I'll, I'll pick out a different word and another truth and another theme. And so I want to encourage you guys to do more of that in your life, to just find a story in the New Testament or the Old Testament, maybe one that you love or one that you've never read before. There's so many. And pray and ask God to teach you. Say, I'm going to read your word, your perfect word that is alive and active. I don't really have any agenda here today, Lord. I mean, you know what's going on in my life, but I just want you to teach me something about you. God, show me something about myself or humanity. Show me something beautiful and deep here. You are capable of understanding the word of God with, with his help. It is enough to feed you. You don't need all the other stuff that's out there, ladies. Open the word. Let the word minister to you. Let your soul burn within you when God teaches you something and go share it with the world. See you guys next Monday. If you 
you guys enjoyed that episode or you have questions, comments, suggestions, email me. I check my email every day and I will respond to you. You can reach me at podcast at rebecca-ann.com. That's podcast at r-e-b-e-k-a-h-a-n-n-e.com. Drop me a line. I cannot wait to hear from you. And I might even read your email on the air. Also, don't forget to rate this show, review it, share it with friends. Let's keep getting this type of teaching out there into the world. I need your guys' help to do that.